0: They were just sort of like constantly open to new ideas. Even even when you get to like the B fifty twos, I guess there's a very famous story of John Lennon hearing rock lobster and it's just like saying to Yoko, like they're see, they're doing what you're doing. They they get it. Yoko did not break up the Beatles. That is such a misogynistic, reductive, stupid, dumb. Thing to say, you, you want to know what broke the Beatles? You read that book. You never give me your money. Um, that that that's what broke the Beatles. It's just, it's just like it was time. The from Liverpool, England. The Beatles have held this title for eight years. My model of business
1: is the Beatles. You know, they were four very talented guys. <laughs> Welcome back to the Here, There, and Everywhere podcast. I'm your host, Jack Lawless. First, I'd like to thank you all for the overwhelming support of this podcast and Twitter page. We recently reached over 100,000 followers, and we are now one of the top Beatles podcasts on the internet. I love that this podcast and our Twitter page brings hundreds of thousands of Beatles fans from across the world together to share our love for the Beatles every day. It's wonderful to see a worldwide community built around timeless music and something that means a lot to all of us. You're now tuning in to part two of our conversation with Jake Fogelnest. If you haven't listened to part one, I highly recommend you go check that one out first.
0: Life of Brian would not exist if it wasn't for George Harrison who produced the movie because he wanted to see it, you know, it was a very expensive movie ticket, which then got, you know, George Harrison into, you know, film production. Um, And he gave us some great, great films. Like the original SNL was often referred to as the, you know, the Beatles of comedy. And that's why it's like no surprise that like, you know, I, I I know for a fact that it, it, one thing I guess I did talk about with um with with Sean about um it is true they you know Paul and John were watching SNL they did almost go down there for what I think is still one of the funniest bits ever when Lauren Michaels got on the air as executive producer of Saturday Night Live and offered the Beatles three thousand dollars to reunite <laughs> the show. It is you know, I don't care how, you know, if you want to give Ringo less, that's up to you. It's <laughs> such a funny bit that then, and they rarely did callbacks on SNL, but then George Harrison comes, I think when Eric Idle hosts and he's like, and there's this footage of, you know, this little sketch of Lauren explaining to George that like, no, it would ha- he doesn't get the full $3,000. It would have to be all the Beatles. It's, but you know, that's one thing I do remember. Like, like, did you, your dad really almost go down to SNL? And it's like, yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> um, how that would have changed the history of the Beatles or Saturday Night Live, like, I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they were like, that's yeah. you know, because, um, you know, that, that would have been amazing, you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I guess I never really thought, you know, talking to you, I've never really thought about this. Like I've been able to run around. I I was very lucky in getting to sort of like run around every inch of Studio 8H and uh, Saturday Night Live when I was a teen. Uh, Not a teen. I was in my twenties. Like I had a TV show when I was a teenager, but like I got a joke on Weekend Update, the first joke when Jimmy Fallon and Tina Fey were doing Weekend Update and jimmy asked me hey would you write some jokes for weekend update i was just like okay this is a the thing they don't do it anymore but it was, it was like if they used your joke you got a 100 bucks oh wow you know, early 20s and this was like the most important thing anybody ever i remember uh being told like oh you can submit as many jokes as you want and um you know they they write like a thousand jokes each week to get to the 15 jokes on weekend i remember getting one on for the first time and it was a mean joke about paris hilton uh, tina Fey did it and um, I don't even think I cashed the check. I think I, I hope I still have it, but it was like, "Here's your hundred bucks for your joke," you know. Um, <laughs> awesome. Uh, it was, and then also another friend of mine uh, was uh, Harper Simon. Uh, but Harper Simon is Paul Simon's son, mm. and um, we were all young and crazy and 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 being goofballs in in New York City and. He had a great apartment uh, across the street from CBGB's um, that he lived in, and you know he had a situation where you know he was Paul Simon's kid. He, if he wanted to go up to SNL, he just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> just like Paul's son's downstairs. Okay, so um, <laughs> I think I, I don't know if anybody would do that today, but um, we, it was it was it was crazy. It was um, it was also very innocent too. Like it was a very innocent um, time, but I I think it goes back to my parents like um, they always gave me access. It's not every parent that lets their child watch a John Waters movie. Mm. Um, I'm not talking about hairspray, I'm talking about you know pink flamingos and female trouble, multiple maniacs. Um, right. But they you know, my mom t- I do remember my mom telling me there are beatles that movies and getting those for me. And, you know, letting, indulging this idea that like, trust me, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to have a career. It's going to work out. I don't, this, this is important in school. This isn't important in school. Like as someone who's going to be a father uh, soon, not tomorrow, but got willing uh, very soon. I am very sort of like thoughtful. Like I'm very, I, I, I. Want to be very thoughtful about what we. I know I can play the the Beatles for a kid, because if, I, if you play it for a kid, you're gonna have to hear it over and over and over again. You know that's right. how kids work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that maybe that's uh, part of it. The reason why the kids like the Beatles so much is because it's if a parent plays it, they, the parent's not gonna be upset hearing the Beatles over and over again. They're still, <laughs> those parents are still like you know throwing on the like. And then you can get sick. You can probably get sick of the Beatles. I think you get sick of the Beatles. You're like, all right, it's enough. Let's go listen to some Duran Duran. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> let's listen to you know, let's listen to something else to something made in this century. But um, I said, let's listen to something made in this century. And then I brought up Duran Duran. <laughs> um, no, like earlier today, I was just like, all right, I get it. This band, Wet Leg. It has been aggressively promoted to me I've heard the song I've heard the song let me see and I, I listened I was like all right yeah I get it you know it's good it's good to, yeah I, it's good for right now I see I see why it's uh it's 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 popping organically I was like this isn't like I, was like, I looked up like they're just on domino they're they're not this is not a a big you know huge band it's just yeah. a it's being targeted to me aggressively it's just like you're an indie rock guy. You bought merge records releases. You've directed videos for bands on merge records. Like you should, the algorithm knows you should. Yeah. Look at this. And um, the Beatles is also, a, I, I think a break from the um, algorithm too. It's mm. like, you can always just kind of go back and I, I don't know. It's, it's, I probably don't find myself putting on, and maybe this is just me. I don't, myself putting on like uh beatles for sale start to finish <laughs> very often i like I'm right. a loser you know and every once in a while you just got to sit down and listen to the, the white album or sergeant pepper or it's just it's just it's part of the the creative um process you know or mm-hmm. or the or solo stuff like all things must pass is, the George Harrison record is just like, boy, they really should have like like George had some songs. Maybe they should have let uh, you know.
1: I know, <laughs> he,
0: yeah. had he let it be. It's like you know, it's like I I have some songs. I know I have some, you had a double albums worth, the extra one, you know, and then the extra goofy one. But like, it's pretty. I bought that remaster. You know, I was just like me hear that.
1: Yeah, that was a great remaster too. I enjoyed that one. But yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll take breaks from the Beatles music, not because like I don't enjoy it or I I want to stop listening to it, but I think like in my mind uh my mind kind of registers the Beatles as a family and then sometimes you just need a break from
0: your family. Yes, exactly. exactly. I yeah, I totally understand what you're talking about. It's not that like like oh I I'm I'm sick of listening to the Beatles. It's just it's like it's like I love the Beatles. Like I love my family. Yeah. Um, and your family sometimes you everybody needs a little alone time. Yeah. You know yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And then I go listen to other music, whether it's like John Mayer, or Dire Straits, Grateful Dead, and but I can't. I don't think I'd be able to uh survive a, a binge of any of those other artists. For as long as I binge, listen to the Beatles.
0: Certainly uh, not the Dead. Yeah. You don't have time. Yeah. If you started <laughs> binging every right. tape. It's interesting. I I saw the Dead. My dad took me to a Dead show when I was a kid, and I was just like, I get it. You know. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> But I did, I will watch a six hour Amazon uh, documentary on the Grateful Dead. And I was just like, it's not a band I particularly enjoy. I understand and other people do. It's not a band I particularly enjoy. And I watched a documentary and I was just like, yep, this band's not for me. And also I think they're bad people. Like some of them are legitimately <laughs> bad people. <laughs> not, not to, it, it, you know, I know people that love the dead and stuff. But, and I had this experience. Like, I have like, um, there's some friends who love fish. And like, I remember walking into a fish show, it was in the garden. It's like, I it there for 15 minutes, took a look around. I was like, I get it. Not for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> just me. Just, just, just me. It's not. It, it, and I, it's just my opinion. Uh, but I, again, like, I don't find that there's like, a lot, like, I don't meet a lot of people who are like, man, the Beatles suck. Like, I don't. I don't believe them. It's a contrarian facade. It's it's to be controversial. It's to, to like really like stake your claim of independence. It's like no. There's something that happened in the '60s for seven years, creatively, amongst you know four people, and um, I, I will also you know, throw in their associates and stuff like people like Brian Epstein and Derek Taylor and Mal Evans, like all of these, uh, you know, the, and, and not everybody was, a, a you know, a good, uh, uh, force in the Beatles universe. You know, I, I'm obsessed with magic Alex. Like, yeah. I think if I could talk to the Beatles about anything, it would be How did you get involved with this Magic Alex fella? This fella is a a lunatic. And (laughs) I'm obsessed, you know.
1: (laughs) The nickname is so 1967. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know if there's too many resources available for learning about him.
0: He's sort of like... And I can't remember if he's passed or not, but he's sort of a a shady character who sort of made it like he was very litigious, you know, but he was there for some pivotal stuff. I mean, he was there when they went to India. He did try to build them that recording studio, which by the way, he wasn't wrong about the future of recording studios. He just, didn't have the technical um, knowledge. Also technology did not um, exist at the time to have 18 speakers. Now you could, you know, have 18 individual speakers, but, um, you know, they could barely get a a four track working. They had to go back to, you know, I think EMI at some point. They had to push them to buy an eight track to do Abbey Road. wrote. Like, and I think also too, like, and this might be generational, but I think everybody at some point, um, you know, gets a gets a Porta Studio 424 four track and starts going to themselves. Well, look, this Beatles made Sergeant Pepper's Lon- Lonely Hearts Club Band with four tracks and they kept bouncing down. to You know what I mean? So and, and again, very 90s, but like, you know, I, I loved ween. And Ween played so made their first records on four track and stuff, and and they might be giants. Also, they made their so I had the four track obsession too when I was a kid. Now everybody's phone is a, a recording studio. It, it, it's, right. really, it's really amazing. You uh, uh, you don't need to go to Electric Ladyland. You can. And it's nice to, if you can afford it, but you don't need to, you can, you know, do some stuff in your house. Just the fact that we are, um, I mean, this is the Jetsons right now, what we're doing. We're we're talking over a video phone with two pretty decent mics. And then putting it, you can put this out to people immediately. Like, I found it really interesting. Like I bought Lizzo's uh, record. Because I, I heard the, the single About Damn Time I was like, I bet this is going to be a good record And it is a good record And she had to change a lyric Um, Because she'd used uh, the word spaz um, Which she did not know The origin of that word And sort of a word that's been retired So she, she's changed the lyric And if you listen to it on Spotify It has the change lyric But yeah, they passed those records uh, Before she changed the lyric So the copy that I have on vinyl, it has the unchanged lyric because um, it's a lot easier to swap out a song on Spotify than it is to, you know, um, press up records. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I bet that's going to be worth some money one day.
0: I don't know. You know it, 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 it's so weird what is becomes worth the money. Like I think it's weird that these Beatles records that came out in two thousand fourteen are like a hundred bucks a pop now yeah uh, I think that's super weird. Um, I, I, I think it's just a supply and demand issue. and um, greater business minds are at work than you or I to determine like the Beatles pressings on mono or putting them the mono mixes on Spotify. Obviously, I think they're focused on. I don't know what the next project is. Like it sort of was like they were going in this order. They hit let it be let it be is the last, you know, I remember also in the, in the two thousands when McCartney took, let it be back from Phil Spector and did the, let it be naked, which is um, great. Not, you know, all, all all of that stuff I loved, um, which I guess was Giles Martin's sort of like first project was the, the love mashup um, circle. Soleil soundtrack. That was was cool. That was really cool. Um, and, you, you know, there's just, I don't know what the next project is. I, my hope is that they do go back to the, um, you know, later 60s, the, the earlier 60s recordings. Mm. And because um, what what can they do? They can't remaster A Hard Day's Night again. That's been, that's out. It looks great. I've mm. seen it both in the theater. I've seen it on home video. It's not going to get better looking. Um, hell. Is done magical mystery tour is done um love paul's commentary on that mm-hmm. uh you know the fact that that aired on the BBC in black and white on christmas like that was the first sort of like time the beatles like was people were like we don't know what this is yeah <laughs> we don't know if this is good well yeah it's being shown on black and white television to, on the BBC like this is yeah it's a it's a weird they didn't know what it was they didn't know what they were making (laughs) weird art project (laughs) but but stuff
1: like that is why i think that the beatles are just my absolute favorite because they're able to make this kind of movie that's they're making it up as they go along john has that scene of you know him putting spaghetti on a plate with a shovel
0: um, didn't he dream it up the night before or something? It just or, it doesn't yeah.
1: make sense, and but they do it, and it's again, it's almost like you're just hanging out with your friends. It's not like uh, at least a, for me, it's not like I'm, I'm
0: bus full of freaks, and let's you know see what happens, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it, it's, it's it's not a bad idea in theory, you know, and and it's it's interesting because like Paul. Does these things like um, Give my regards to Broad Street Like I remember when that came out and I was just Like what is this I got you know what I mean like (laughs) We could talk This is why you Have this show And um, You know I As a listener and I don't know what anybody's Getting out of hearing me talk about the Beatles But as a listener And a fan of Twin Peaks to hear Mark Frost, you know, talk about, you know, for, he, first of all, he's met Beatles, um, and and he's older. You, you know, you got to ex- sort of experience it firsthand and everything. And then the phenomenon of Twin Peaks, that conversation to me was utterly fascinating because I would want to have a conversation with Mark Frost about the Beatles. So you've 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 got something real special here, and in, in that there's a lot of these beatles podcasts and it is like my friend will hines has one he doesn't do it anymore but it's screw it we're just going to talk about the beatles and it's just guys talking about the beatles um whereas i think your approach is like is you're specifically talking to creatives and i don't know what kind of creative i am you know I, i i didn't create twin peaks you know and but i guess i am some sort of Pop culture historian uh, uh, authority, who writes comedy and uh, is a broadcaster. I, I, I you know, I, I don't even at this point many years into my career. I don't even know what I do. Um, I know what I, I, have I, gotten to the point now where I'm like, I know what I don't want to do. Yeah,
1: because, right.
0: yeah, that doesn't sound fun right now. No, thank you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> as opposed to this sounds like fun. I would like to do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, I think how, you know, the Beatles sort of like how the Beatles tried to operate, um, as, as best as they could, you know, they were on a sort of album cycle. They, they did start to, you know, slow it down a bit, you know, Mm -hmm. get them getting off the road was smart. Um, I can't imagine it being artistically gratifying for them because when I think about concerts, like, like now we have the power to amplify a stadium. Like I saw Paul McCartney. It sounded amazing, but what the hell did they have when the Beatles played Shea stadium on a stage? in the, you know what I mean? Like you couldn't hear anything. Right. The, the acoustics were terrible. So it's just like, it's a spectacle. I'm sure it's fun to have, you know, all those people screaming, you couldn't hear anything. They couldn't hear themselves. And then it's a car to a hotel room to a car to a hotel room. And, and then it's just like, and then, and then into the studio for songwriting, like I would, I would quit the road too. If I were, if I were a Beatle, which I am certainly not, but I, I, I think that's when artistically, um, and not that not to say the earlier stuff isn't uh, great. Cause you know, I will not hold your hand is a pretty damn good song. It's about uh, as good of a pop song as it gets. It's it's, you know, it's the, like they really knew verse chorus, verse structure. They, 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 they built it, but when they started to like break it and it's like, you know, magical mystery tour is a weird I guess, you know, I, I, I guess they've made the album, the U S album, the, you know, but that is an EP is weird, but like, you know, flying. What is that, man? Yeah. Like, what is that song? Yeah. How and that's the that
1: cut a... version too.
0: Right. You know,
1: yeah.
0: like, um, and then, and then I just like all of the, the, the solo stuff, like, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, um, Wings is great. Like you know, they they have some great, great songs. Yeah. John Lennon's um solo stuff that sort of went unappreciated, like, you know, sometime in New York City, like mm. um, and I'm the lunatic who's like heard, you know, both versions, the Zappa version, the one that has, you know, the Mark Volman and Uh, the Turtles, you know, those guys mixed out as opposed to, you know, Scumbag, you know, like that stuff's, you know, fun, where it's just like, hey, do you want to come jam with the Mothers of Invention? And it ends up on some time in New York City, and Zap is mad, and that's because he mixed out, you know, like, you know, all that stuff. Um, I love um, like Mind Games? Oh, I love Mind Games. Forget it. Forget it. It's like... (laughs) John Solo stuff, and then Ringo like Goodnight Vienna, like uh, Harry Nilsson also, who I absolutely love, um, and I think is underappreciated. Like, is there anything cooler than like the Beatles saying like you know our my fa- our favorite group right now is Nilsson, you know, yeah. Eric Taylor hearing 1941 on the radio and like, I got to send this to the boys and then Harry Nilsson getting a phone call from, uh, you know, from Paul and then getting a phone call from, from John and then, you know, getting and then waiting, waiting for a phone call from George. Like you know, this came Monday. Where's George calling me? It's, it's like, and then Nilsson working with the Beatles and covering the Beatles, like, um, and then bringing Dylan, forget it. They were just sort of like constantly open to, you know, new ideas. Even even when you get to like the B-52s, when you know I guess there's a very famous story of John Lennon hearing rock lobster, and it's just like saying to Yoko, like, they're see, they're doing what you're doing. They they yeah. get it. And um I get really, really mad at anybody who and i i think it lays it to rest when we've seen in in this get back footage you know like yoko did not break up the beatles that is such a misogynistic reductive stupid dumb thing to say you want to know what broke up the beatles read that book you never give me your money um, that, that, that's what broke the Beatles is just, just, like, it was time for, mm-hmm. for them to break up. Um, and then, you know, it, it took them a, another decade to untangle the finances of it all. And, and, and that's very difficult and, you know, but, you know, I'm very glad that, um, it, it seems like Paul and John did get some closure on the friendship. Um, even if all the sort of business stuff wasn't taken care of, they got some closure on the friendship, even though they kind of never did music together again. They got some closure on the friendship, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I get very, very um, angry at people who um, don't recognize sort of Yoko's contributions to the the Beatles, like, John just fell st- stupidly in love. Yeah. So did Paul. And, and, and look, also, like, we hold them up on a pedestal. They also were a bunch of, you know, young dudes in Germany at one time wearing leather and taking a bunch of speed. You know, I'm just, nobody was a perfect angel. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I, I love the video of Ringo Starr. Peace and love. Peace and love. Uh, you know after the you know no more autographs it's just you know yeah. <laughs> and yeah. i get it man like if you're a ringo star it's just like you know i'm not signing anything anymore i'm mm. i'm sick of it paul's really good at it you know yeah but ringo's like you know i'm enough i'll play with my all-star band and leave me alone you know and i do the thing i i i admit i when it's his birthday i do you know, at twelve noon, wherever you are, I do. The, they say peace and love, peace and love. You got to do it. You got to do it. Is, is, is that? It's all Ringo's asking. He's not asking for anything more than that. Um.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It was, it was time for them to break up. I mean, they. It's not like today where bands can exist for twenty years and only release like three albums. Yeah, they were together for seven years. And released 13 albums. Yeah,
0: because it it was the custom of the day. Um, First of all, they released albums at a time where, you know, where they had to push for that, where you had to fight back and say, we're going to make an album. It's not about just these singles. They didn't want to rip off their audience by, um, you know, that's why you have sort of now, I guess, your... um, past masters or mono masters, whatever, like those are singles. Like I want to hold your hand is not on any Beatles album because it was, it came out as a single and they were not going to charge the public for a single that they had already bought by putting it on an album, which is the became the custom in the, like how many records have you bought for that one song? You know, that's where the music industry got so greedy. Um, you know, until Napster came along and just like and it still hasn't recovered, you know, uh, but it was just like, you know, I like this one song and the rest of it's just filler. The, 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 the Beatles, like in addition to the great singles that they put out, um, you know, they were a band that started thinking of this is an album, you know, which then puts Brian Wilson in the mindset of, okay, I'm going to make an album and then we get pet sounds and then we had to wait, but we eventually got smile, you know, we eventually got it. Um, and you know, the countless other people who have made, like there's, there's no, whatever you think of as politics or whatever, or, or music, but the wall, Roger Waters is another guy who's just like, you know, oh, my dad died in World War II. Uh, the Beatles, you know, like, you know, it's, it's, it's like Elton John. Like all of these people who started to just think about not just the, the singles, but the album. Um, the, the Beatles led that. They were the argument for that because they made these albums that really were cohesive. Pieces that you were meant to listen to A-side and B-side. And now, today, in our culture, I don't think we're there. Um, I think very few artists like Kanye West will put out an album. uh, Beyonce will put out an album. It's uh, like uh, the, you know we don't have a lot of sort of like big artists. It's like it's it's all about the song. it's it's right. the single um the TikTok, whatever it is. Yeah, now
1: it's about TikTok.
0: Yeah. And um I don't know if it's good or if it's bad. It's just what it is. It's just yeah, different. Yeah. It's just where we are now. Um I, I I do think there are some artists that have benefited from just having it being a, a single based economy. Like when Apple made the ninety nine cent single and now we're streaming, you know, um you know I said, this is interesting. We're going sort of backwards to sort of the fifties and the sixties and it being yeah, about the yeah. great single. And um, it'll be interesting to see who does what, and who does, who will be able to do an album. And um, nobody's going to measure up to the Beatles, nor should they try, you know, uh, because they were just four guys doing their thing you know, being influenced by all the things that were around them. Um, and I, I think that like, you know, yeah, the Beatles are going to be an influence because they're just every, everybody. It's like the sun, you know, it's like it's the sun and the moon, like, like you're either music, you're making music either during the daytime or nighttime. There's no, it's there's no way you haven't heard the Beatles unless you're some weird, you've lived, lived some weird life. Where you were part of a science experiment where you're totally isolated from hearing the Beatles or anything related to the Beatles, any of their solo like you've it's it's going to have seeped in somehow. Um yeah. but yeah, 13 albums, seven years, and then you know, even McCartney, when McCartney puts out a new album now, you will hear one or two songs on it that are like, Paul wrote a good song. Yeah. Like, you know, or um, I was particularly fascinated by i i forget which song it is but the actor singer actor dominic fike i was just like oh i yes, like the his kiss version. of venus his version of the kiss of venus i was just like yeah paul's is good dominic's i kind of like dominic's version better per- sorry yeah. paul you know yeah, <laughs> you know one. but he did that for a reason and mm-hmm. that's why i think elton john is someone who's who's super smart and has had a hit in every decade because he's you know paul is voraciously a consumer of new music so is elton john and they like what they like they don't like what they don't like and they take you know and uh, mccartney three came as no surprise to me like uh, out of the pandemic because um i was just like well paul's had a home studio since when 1970 you know he's got a phone he can hum into the phone um, and McCartney too is just a blast of an album, and mm-hmm. McCartney's great. So now they have the that you know, at the time when we're recording this, I don't know when somebody's listening to it. There could be uh, a McCartney four. These podcasts don't go away. Uh, I found, right. but um, like there's one, two, three, and then one, two, three revisited. And I don't think there's anybody who is 80 years old and living in the ultimate playground of life than paul mccartney you know like pick up the phone and and call anybody live like that guy does um you know have he has his private time uh, he has his family um and and then he goes out and does his stuff whatever paul you know i think you know you've got that much it's not even about money um it's just sort of like, yes, I was a beetle. I honor the fact that I was a beetle. I know you've paid a lot of money, and you want to hear these songs, and and I like to make money, and I probably have a staff and things, you know. Um, but I also am going to just like, like he just is, he just lives, man. He just he just keeps on living, and and um, he doesn't really pushes politics on anybody you know it's it's he seems to be having the time of his life at you know at 80 years old and i don't know if it always was that that way but i i'm like i think the point of this life thing and this creativity thing is to um and yes paul has all the resources in the world, but you can get to a mindset, even if you don't have those resources of just like, I don't know what today's adventure is going to bring. You know, what's on the agenda that I have to do. Okay. Well, I got to do that. And then I'm just going to go and I'm just going to follow, follow my heart. And, you know, every once in a while, something good will come out of it. Cause I've I got a track record of being pretty good at doing this stuff called mm-hmm. music for Paul McCartney or, art or whatever it is, Ringo paints and you know, you know, Ringo makes music. It's just you know, if you can live like a beetle in your mind, not saying have an ego, they they actually seem pretty egoless. Uh, I think it's just sort of like well I've already went through the most insane stuff ever, which is having Beetle mania. Like think about that as a, as a phrase. Like You know, is it in the actual DSM? Like, what happened? I survived through that. We made all of these great songs. I did it with my friends. I got got angry at my friends. We all kind of worked it out. My friends are gone. Um, Some, both very tragically, you know. Um, You know, they're still there in, in, you know, in spirit. The spirit is still with us and the music is still with us. They may not be here physically, and not, it, it, that can be. This is absolutely probably tragic. Uh, some days for for people, but like, yeah, live like Paul McCartney, man. Like, what's that guy doing every day? He's got, I'm sure he's got a list. I'm sure he's got stuff to do. I'm sure he's got to buy groceries, or at least have somebody get the groceries for him. But then go do something creative, and not be like held up about like experimenting or whatever you know yeah like, did the fireman? what the hell was that you want to do electronic stuff okay fine yeah is it tarnished the legacy of the beat no you know what i mean it's like right. dave, dave bowie it's like he played in tin machine for a while and you know people some people like tin machine some people don't like tin machine you know does that screw up ziggy stardust for anybody no you know
1: <laughs> yeah that's a great idea to live like a beetle because i think even when they were beetles, they lived like that too. Like they never, I think they never intentionally set out to break down boundaries, but they did just because they were like, this is what we're doing. And because we want to do it. And I think that's just a great way to live. And that's the most effective way.
0: Oh yeah. No, like you can't, you can't plan for uh, something like the Beatles. You just can't plan for it. You can just choose how you, how you're going to react to it, you know? And, you know,
1: right? yeah,
0: they made some reactions that, you know, that sometimes were probably healthy and sometimes that were less healthy. But I think you have to do that in life. Like, you got to make some mistakes along the way and not be afraid to make some mistakes. I'm not saying that um, uh, somebody should go out and follow uh, a false prophet, but at the same time, I don't think that they didn't get anything out of uh, transcendental meditation you right. know? or, um, uh, you know, Alan Klein, not a great person, you know, documented, not a great person, mm-hmm. probably the right business per person for three out of the foot. Like Paul would, w- was, you know, right. To be like, I don't want this guy, you know, handling my finances and handling the, the band. And, and, um, but then later on, you know, says to Michael Jackson, like, you know, where there's money is, is music publishing. That was him being a friend and that, you know, ended up not working out so great. And, but I think at this point, if Paul wanted to buy his catalog back. He probably could because we're seeing all these artists now that are selling their catalog. They're older. Yeah, you know? yeah. They're, it, It's like, um, like Fleetwood Mac, you know, like, yeah, fine. I've got so many years on the planet. I'll take the, you know, $250 million. Now you, you can yeah. figure out the rest of it, you know, late. it's, you know, like yeah. the clock is running now, if you have that right. sell, you know, but in 1985, after doing Say, Say, Say with Michael Jackson, it's so funny now because you think about the, you know, I don't know how old, you, how old you are, but it's like in 1987, it was sacrilege when um, revolution was used in a Nike commercial.
1: Mm, I heard about that. I'm only 25, oh. but I, I've definitely heard. You're about
0: 25. That. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you're, yeah, you're much younger than i am and 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 uh 25 is great and enjoy being 25 it's the best um it's also the worst 27 will be even te- will be terrible but you'll get yeah. through it um um it's just part of life you know what i mean and like yeah. that's what i think about like the beatles they were so young like how old were they when they were doing all of this yeah like you know like i didn't really feel start to like like understand like how to be a grown-up until like maybe like 32 33 and I they have
1: george was my age in 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 let it be
0: yeah so that's nuts yeah <laughs> you know so that that is nuts and and it's just like yeah no wonder in in it's like so they're in their 40s and the 80s it's like it's like by the time you get to 80 as you know as as paul is you're probably like, why do I give a fuck? You know what I mean? What do I got to prove? But I still, you know, it's really just, you saw him. Did he seem like he didn't want to be up there?
1: Oh, he he loved every second.
0: Didn't he? And I don't think you can fake that, you know? um, I've been to shows where I, you know, I was like, oh, they're doing this for the money. You know, Uh, I've seen those shows. The mm-hmm. energy is very, very different, you know. Right. Um, that was because, you know, it's fun to get out and play these songs for these people. Can he do it again? Will he do it again? I, don't, I hope. I don't know. I think he'll do it as long as he can. And um, I haven't seen the Stones. Um, I, if somebody said, "Here's a Stones ticket," I would certainly take it and go. Um, they certainly don't need the money. Um, right. but there's something that they're, they're getting out of it that keeps them, keeps them going. I think about this right now. Cause I guess I'm at the age where the Beatles were in the eighties. Right. So, um, cause they're born like all around 45, 46, pretty much, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, And I'm in my forties and I'm, and I'm, you know, I've got like this sort of like, like, I don't know what I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I know who I am. I have certainly have things that annoy me. Uh, There are lawyers in my life, of course. um, And, and I still want to make stuff. I just want to make the stuff that I want to make. So I, uh, hopefully I'm not in my, give my regards to broad street period, but I might be. And, um, but that's okay. I'll push through it. I'll get, you know, I'll get through to the, to the next period. <laughs> yeah.
1: But you know, what's comforting about that is Paul McCartney had to give my regards to Broad Street phase. Yeah. Like even the best go through all that. And that, you know, like, that's part. I, I love the McCartney solo album. The first one specifically just because Paul didn't know what he was doing. No like, idea. You just yeah. broke up with the Beatles and he just made stuff. And I love it just because, I think we, as individuals, we, we find ourselves in that situation, m- maybe often in your life where you're starting a new phase.
0: Absolutely. And I think, like, making stuff and just being like, well, I, what am I going to do? Today? I'm going to get up and I'm going to make something. Like, yeah. having that, that's where, that's the mode where I'm in right now. And, you know, um, just, just make stuff. And if I can make stuff with my friends, great. If I want to make stuff alone, great. Not worrying about like, oh, these external forces are at play or like, or, or this is what's hip right now, or this is what the networks want, or this is what, you know, is going to get me hired on like what, like, uh, some show. Like, I, I, I don't want to operate that way. And I, I and uh, look, I don't have Paul McCartney's money. I don't uh, There's very few people that do. Um, but I'm okay. Um, uh, I got a roof over my head. I got family. Take care of them, take care of myself, and buy a Beatles uh, reissue uh, every once in a while. Um, not all of them. Um, certainly, I'm not going to buy a Beatles First State Butcher cover. Uh, that would be a dumb purchase for me to make today. But um, <laughs> I think the idea of just, like, you you, you just make stuff and you've taken the art around you. Like, I know that McCartney, um, in the little downtime that he had, like, was so a part of, like, the art scene in London. And, like, I can't say who, but, you know, everybody talks about Carnival of Light the yeah. only unreleased um a uh, Beatles song. I know someone um who's got a copy of it. Wow. And um the I haven't heard it but I'm like well, what do you you have a copy and it's a real it's the only cop. the Beatles have a copy obviously and then my friend has a copy. And I go what do you do with that? you played it? And, and they said, yeah. And, I said, and I'm like, well, what does it sound like? And it's like, it's music that was made for an art show. You know, it's like a pastiche of, it's not like a song, you know? And I go, that's interesting. What do you do with it? This is my house. And I'm like, shouldn't that be in like a safe deposit box or something? And it's just yeah. yeah. So, but I haven't heard it. I should, I should get in touch with uh, that person because I'm like, can't they play it over the phone for me? I'd like to hear Carnival of Light. Yeah, um, that'd be awesome. Yeah, you know, um, just so I could say that I heard it. Uh, but that that will, I, I, I don't know. It's not coming out for a reason. Um, you know, it's 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 also like, I don't think there's anything left for the Beatles. Like all they can do is remix things and like use new technology. Perhaps we'll get Beatles holograms. Like we're like, we're getting with ABBA. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like there, there, there's nothing left. Like there there's at least that the public knows about everything has been put out bootlegged, you know um, you could remix, you could remaster. Um, but when I finished that get back, documentary i was like well that's it this is all the beatles we're gonna have um um, this is the footage this is the you know of their seven years together this is it so you know close the the chapter close the book on the beatles this is it um carnival of light is a piece of music and i I think it's almost like revolution number nine like from what i've read about it um it 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 was part of you know paul engaging with the exceptionally cool art world that he was a person in his 20s um in in a very specific time and place um and i you know wonder about you know, because of the pandemic and, and, and just because, and, and maybe it's just my age right now. I just like, I, I, I there, it, there isn't, I don't feel the sense of community that I used to. Um, uh, like what I was talking about in my, um, early twenties in New York city, there's a real sense of community and, and, and stuff. And, um, First of all, I think it's impossible to live in Manhattan unless you are um, super wealthy. And I don't even know what, you know, is going on there, you know, so that, and Mm -hmm. then the pandemic, it's, it's just, it's a very strange time. Um, But I'm curious to see what art comes from it. Um, I am, you started this during the pandemic. So, yes. So there you go. So that's a piece of art that was started in the, Uh, pandemic, which is bringing a sense of community by going to this band that we're talking about that is sort of universally worldwide, loved, analyzed, deconstructed. We're talking about it. We've never met each other. And we have this thing we can talk about in common, which is a complete familiarity with music that was made for seven years that we're still listening to. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know um, an equivalent to that. And um, and I, I, I think that, I guess my point is that, like, I'm curious to see what happens with art, film, music, m- movies, TV. I'm curious to see what happens with all that with a generation of younger people who didn't get to go to their prom, who spent the last couple years of of their school years of like 16, 17, 18 years old doing it over zoom or whatever, because there was a pandemic and like, now they're at college and like, where are we going? You know what I mean? Where, where are we going? And, I don't know if the Beatles ever had the time to stop down and think, where are we going? They were just always had another, they just kept going. Yeah. Um, or maybe they did. I don't know. I wasn't there and I can read as many books and I can see as much footage of them in the studio. And it, it's always going to be pure speculation because it's, it's a, um, you know, a highly controlled sort of narrative um which they have to do because they're the you know they were the the most famous people it's like mickey dolan's right now I watched peace with him yesterday and he's out there singing monkey songs still why yeah he loves it he loves it i was very lucky i got to see mike nesmith's final performance just by pure luck my friend john wow. levinstein like was like do you want to go i was like yes um, and he 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 knew Nesmith very well since he was young, and um, we we were like this could be it, and it was it. That was it, you know. Mm-hmm. And Mickey's still out there singing those songs, and you know I love the monkeys. Just you know, we wouldn't have the monkeys without the Beatles, and the monkeys are great and should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it's stupid that they're not. Um yeah. but. I don't know, man. If they, you think there's a show here for people?
1: No, absolutely. I mean, like, I think now is very similar to, like, when the Beatles were making Sgt. Pepper and the White Album, like 1967, 1968, because that was, like, a huge uh, point of, like, political turmoil, a bunch of change, Summer of Love. And I think now is very similar to that in that way.
0: Yeah, and, y- you know, also like, politically, which I'll, you know, stay away from just because, quite frankly, I just, I don't care to talk about it, but, like, you know, the Beatles were extremely uh, political, and then, you know, post the Beatles, it gets, the political became very personal for John Lennon, uh, Nixon, and the CAA having a file on him because he got very involved in, you know, the, anti-war movement and um you know it was hanging out with some real radicals really you know serious radicals and um you know taking out a billboard you know not just for the fact that they had a christmas song to put out but you know war is over if you want it merry christmas you know from John and yoko is a hell of a thing to put in Times Square, you know, just the the, putting the idea of like peace out there. And it's just like our world right now is so divided and so cynical that like, and I I don't know how that would be received today. And I also don't know how I I just know, I called my mom and I I talked to my dad before he passed and I was just like, you guys are around in 67, 68, 69. Was it this, was it, you know, Martin Luther King uh being assassinated uh uh robert kennedy uh uh malcolm x was was it this nuts did it feel this like there was heat you know there was riots at the democratic national convention mc5 kick out the jams motherfuckers it was it was crazy Was yeah. th- did it feel like this and they were like nope this is crazy wow so that's alarming Uh um, yeah and um i i don't know who we you know and then music consumption is so decentralized it is not like here's your radio stations here you know you know here's your three tv networks it is here is every song every band that you could think of at your fingertips on a microcomputer in your pocket and good luck. Yeah. So how do you break through that noise if you're an artist? And then also, how do you discover that music if you're a consumer? You know, and it's all over the place. Like, I remember the feeling in the 90s. No, guess it's the late 90s, early 2000s. But the strokes and the white stripes, that's happening. The yes. strokes in New York City. And I remember this feeling of like, Oh, good rock music, you know? Um, and yeah, these guys are cool. They do drugs and they've heard of Velvet Underground album and they're there. And it's, and, and it it seems to be like taking off and, you know, and there's a book called, um, there's two books. There's Please Kill Me, which is the uncensored oral history of, um, uh, punk, which covers UK and London and the punk scene that uh, happened. And then there's a, another book called Meet Me in the Bathroom, which is the sort of New York scene, the, the strokes and Ryan Adams yelling at each other. And, um, and that kind of ends in 2011. But there was this moment where I was like, ah, oh, is, is rock music going to happen? And, um, you know, it was exciting. And it did not happen. And yeah. um, it went very pop. It went very hip hop. Um, and I mean, those bands were successful, but like they weren't. It's like the dominant music on the radio in the top forty right now is 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 mainly um, it's it's not rock music. You know, it's yeah. Like, what is what's a rock band that? It's you know there's the Foo Fighters, okay. I like uh, you know uh, i like dave Grohl, I like the Foo. I got no problem you know. And they had such a tragedy with with Taylor Hawkins. But like you know, I, I'm trying to think of like these bands that like or even albums or solo artists that like unify us. And it's like no, we've just been broken down into so many different social groups and subcultures yes. and subgenres. Um, and there's so many content delivery systems that you're never going to get everybody on the same page. You don't have to get everybody on the same page. This concept of broadcasting is dead um, because right now somebody's enjoying listening to this podcast um, and you don't need, you know, 50 million people to tune in to, to, to watch the Ed Sullivan show. That's just, it just won't happen again. Uh, right. what do we have that is going to you know it, you just need to get enough of your audience that's that's all that it takes enough for it to be profitable that's it and um boy that's cool there are huge upsides to that um you can make a living as an artist um it's also very splintered. And it's like, it would be nice if there was something that everybody's just like, we like this, you know, we yeah. like it. We, we all agree on it. It has nothing to do with our, our politics. It has nothing to do with our our, our identities or, you know, it, it's just like, we all agree. This is good. Uh, but I don't know what that is right now.
1: Yeah. Everything's so divisive now. I, I really don't think we can come to a collective agreement on anything anymore. I think social media further propagates arguments because it gives everyone a platform and everyone thinks that their opinion is more important than the next person's.
0: People are addicted to arguing. Yeah. My my, my friend Tom Sharpling said social media uh, gives you the incredible feeling of accomplishing something when you've actually accomplished nothing. Yes. Uh, you get an instant gratification yes. system of a, of a this person liked it uh, or retweeted it and stuff. And it's just like, but well, what, what is it really? And um, um, not to say that I haven't seen people do uh, creative things and uh, artful things with social media. I have also seen, I mean, for the first time ever, I had a friend, you know, call me. I'm sort of known for being a person you can call like, oh, I, I'm drinking too much or I fell into drugs and I have a good history of being like a person you can call and I'll be like, I'll talk to you about that. I'll help you out. What what happened? Right. You know, cause I've been through it myself and, and I'm, and it's been many, many, many years now. And let me hear what you have to say. And for the first time I had a yeah. friend call me and I, I said, and they said, I have been off of Twitter for a year. Yeah. And they had realized that they had become addicted to social media and the argument and, um, and I, and they've been off it. They have since like done great things with their life and, you know, gone through some hard stuff too, but like, they recognize that, Oh, this is bad. And they eliminated it from their life. Um, and, and they're living a happier, healthier life today. Um, as, as a result, It's not everybody, but I think that there is, you know, an argument addiction thing going on uh, with that. And people need to reevaluate how they use social media. Um, And, um, you know, it's 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 to bring it back to the Beatles. It's like John Lennon gives an interview. Um, And in the context of a larger interview, you know, you could grab the pull quote. The Beatles are bigger than Jesus which Danny Fields, who signed the MC5, who signed the Stooges, who managed the Ramones, when he was, you know, oops, he's the editor of a teen magazine. He pulls that story. And then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. The Beatles are bigger than Jesus. And the radio stations in the South, are burning Beatle records. And then John Lennon's. I'm not saying the, you know, the, Greater than the Jesus, as opposed to a personal thing, you know the famous yeah. quote. But like, it's like that, except every day. Yeah. About yeah. somebody or something else. Yeah. And it's like uh, I'll bring up a celebrity to my wife, She'll like, oh yeah, they're canceled. And I'll be like, for what? You know. <laughs> and it's you know something you know I mentioned Lizzo, Lizzo, an artist. She didn't know. She used the word, you know, word spaz in a song. Okay. Uh, you know, um, she apologized. Forgiven. But for a day, that was hell. You know, change the song. Change the art. Change the art. Um, which is easy. I get it. It's really easy to not use that word and, and just like, um, uh, and course correct and stuff. But, but like, you know, to, to go back. Like, just keep moving forward. Just keep moving
1: It's so interesting how you could just revise music now. Like, I think back in 2016, Kanye West was the first artist to retroactively change his track list uh, for his album, The Life of Pablo.
0: I I thought it was so interesting. I was like, well, why can't he? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's like he says it's done what's not done. Like, the technology doesn't prevent him from doing it. Like... um. And you know, I'm. I like Kanye. I got a stem player. Oh, um, nice. I uh, I got I got one of these stem players. I found that so interesting because uh, Kanye, who absolutely I don't agree with everything that comes out of his mouth. I really don't. And right. uh, uh, you know, and 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 sometimes I you know I I, I worry about Kanye. Sometimes his music is, is he's always gonna do something. It's I wanna hear it because it's interesting. You know, at least there's something interesting there. Um so I, I I always want to see what Kanye is up to. Um and then there's people also we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about Kanye. I will say at this point, if you are insulting the Kardashians or being like the Kardashians are stupid or the Kardashians are worthless. Like, um, it's been a decade. Um, they have run, they, they have these extremely successful businesses. Um, Kim Kardashian is doing work to get people wrongfully on death row, uh, using her celebrity and the situation that she is in to get people off of death row that should not be executed uh, to get people out of jail who are on uh, in for a joint, you know what I mean? Which every beetle can relate to cause they all got busted, you know, yeah. um, because of that crooked cop, you know, it's like you can't dismiss them as being um, stupid. They aren't stupid. They are a different kind of, celebrity and they are masters of the game of that type of entertainment Um, and it's like nobody with that much money is a stupid person you may not like their art or their products or whatever fine you want to criticize that you can't call them stupid it's like agree with everything Elon Musk says and does too but I'm like he's not a stupid guy you know he might say some stupid things, and right. um, and I also think that, like, you know, and I'm sure this is hell for the Beatles too. Um, uh, especially in, in, in the 60s, of like, well, you well, you can't say that because you're a Beatle, you know, mm-hmm. like, especially for John, um, who was not someone to um, hold his tongue back. It seems like to me, Uh, you know, if the Beatles, you know, had Twitter, if they actively, like, if that was part, like if they had to make TikToks, like the way that artists do now, um, I think that they probably would have come up with some really interesting funny things quirky funny things because they had a very quirky funny sense of humor influenced by the goons and all that stuff but also how many statements would john have made how many angry tweets how many you know like um in this psychotic news cycle that uh people are putting themselves into by the way you don't have to do it right really easy to just check you put your phone down yes but apparently maybe it's not because i had a friend who's like you know it was an addiction and i and you know i'm curious to see where that goes um but just in terms of the human brain and what it's doing but like you know uh,
1: you know i think it's hard for people my age because uh especially post-covid Because like in 1966, Paul was walking around London, going to the avant-garde art scenes in art galleries and everything, and and meeting interesting people and artists and uh, making connections. I think now a lot of connections are being made online, and for better or for worse. I think that it's good that people are advancing their lives with those connections built, but I think at the same time, a lot of those connections or just stimuli have this negative feedback cycle because people my age see people doing cool things online, and that's all they see. They don't see hard work. They don't see any of that. So they start to compare, and it becomes an addictive cycle for them. And make some, it makes it hard to put the phone down.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, the the, the negative feedback cycle has to get broken at a certain point. Um, a metaphor that I, I think of is like, it's like the world is having a temper tantrum. It's like the world's a giant toddler. And eventually what happens with a toddler having a temper tantrum? Eventually they tire themselves out and they fall asleep you know, right. and they pass out and that's, I'm just kind of like kind of waiting for the world to like finish having, having this temper tantrum and then, you know, like calm down and be like, okay, okay. Global warming. We should deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh shit. It's too late. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh no. Well, all right. Well, since it's 130 degrees out, um, I, never, <laughs> yeah. You know, I yeah I, I, I just you know I don't have any answers I, ne- I never claim to have any answers um I have, I have answers about very very specific things um and again they're usually just opinions and most of the time they're right um but um right. <laughs> but um yeah I, I I do know that my experience with people that are your age is they are um, either deeply into social media or they don't have it at all Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just like one or the other, which I think it's an amazing thing that you've done is it's just like, well, I'm interested in this and I know a lot about this and I'm just going to feed out this and it's going to serve this purpose to this obviously large fan base. And then to take that to the next level and be like, well, let's talk about this band. Let's talk about this stuff, this stuff that I'm posting, you know, you know, on this day or, you know, here's this photo, like, that is that's good. That's good. That's it. You know, that it's productive because now, now you are having these productive, engaging conversations, which start talking about a band and then just start veering into art and culture and everything. And it's just like, thank God we have the Beatles as this sort of agreed upon touchstone. Um, Yeah which starts with just really great songs. Like if they just didn't have the talent, time, pressure, set of circumstances, you know, just whatever the confluence of events that created the Beatles, you know, we wouldn't have the body of work, the reason to, communicate and, and discuss it, which leads us to other things. Um, yeah. And we wouldn't have the great Robert Zemeckis movie. I want to hold your hand, which is the ultimate Beatlemania movie about kids trying to get into the Ed Sullivan show, you know, really funny movie. Um, mm. and, and we wouldn't have the Sergeant Pepper movie, which is just again, people in Hollywood with too much cocaine and too much money (laughs) just being like well the the Beatles people like the Beatles yeah (laughs) Uh, call shout out it's just bizarre
1: (laughs) yeah that's very true and like the Beatles are like one of the only things that mostly everyone can agree on with the exception of contrarians obviously but yeah I'm I'm very glad that you have those thoughts about this podcast because that's exactly what i was trying to do you know just bring uh, a bunch of people together and tell this collective tale about how this band has changed the world on, on a personal level for everybody like even decades after they've broken up
0: it's been a real long time since they uh, put out a new track yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not as long as you think. You know, it was uh, you know, free as a bird, and uh, what was the other one? Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. I am as old as the song "Free as a Bird." Yeah, yeah. And, and there was real love
0: too. Yeah, real love, which is uh, yeah, which I think was kind of like both. Both of them were good. It was you know, uh, you know, but there, again, there's there's no more beatles left it's just like this is it i i I, you know there's all they can do now is just bring out more of what is on the tapes of the you know 230 some songs they have yeah and um and you know it'll be interesting like you know i know i'll play the beatles for my kid and um I'm just—I'm very curious to see. My, I'm curious to see my child's face. Period. But I'm curious to see uh, my child's face the first time it hears the Beatles and what they're—you know—because I they know that it's like, it's like 99% chance the kid's gonna like it. Yeah. I just oh, have yet to see a little kid that doesn't. So you know, your first question of like, I—I I, I don't remember. A consciousness without this music. I'm, uh, I'm jealous of people who got to experience life and then have the Beatles come out. And um, like, that is fascinating to me that there was a time before the Beatles and, you know, and like, I mean, I'm, I'm also fascinated by anybody who's like, yeah, I came home and put on my Little Richard record, and it scared the hell out of my parents because, like, (laughs) nothing sounds like Little Richard, and that's the stuff that you know influenced the the you know the Beatles or Little Richard. Like, yeah, Yeah. this is it, man, and it's still it. It's still it. Those records are still shocking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that's a great place to wrap it up.
0: We went back to the source. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) which is Little (laughs) Richard. One thing I'll say is, um, skiffle I think is uh, it was that's not a real music genre. I think that the uh, Beatles invented that as a as a joke. They were like, let's tell people there's a thing called skiffle music, and they made it up. Skiffle never was skiffle. Skiffy, it's a Conspiracy theory.
1: <laughs> well, Jake, thanks so much for coming on. I loved that conversation.
0: Thank you, jackets. This is a pleasure. Uh, I always like talking about the Beatles, and you're a good guy to do it with
1: thank you all for listening to another episode of the here there and everywhere podcast thank you to jake for coming on the show you can follow jake on twitter and instagram at jake Foglenest, and also be sure to follow at BeatlesEarth earth on pretty much every social media for more content and i'll see you next week with a brand new guest